just pray that you'd be our teacher and our guide. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah in the Bible starts about 12 years after the story of Ezra last week. How many years after Ezra does Nehemiah take place? How many? Okay, the girls. Ah, boy. Okay, how many years? 12. 12 years after brother Ezra had come. And who was it? Does anybody remember the king that sent him to Israel to make the temple prettier and to teach the people the Bible? You remember the name of the king? Okay, this guy was after Cyrus. Cyrus um, told the Jews they could go home under Zerubbabel. So that's the first one. And then, yes. Okay, Darius came later, but he, wait, 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 wait. He told them they could keep building. He's the one that found the writings of Cyrus. You're right. And then after Darius was another king whose name was Arda, you remember? Artaxerxes. Can y'all say that? Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. And so he sent Ezra back and Ezra had done what? There were three building blocks we talked about last time. First of all, he came back to teach them what? God's word. Do you remember the big, huge Legos we had? We had three of them. What was the bottom Lego? It was God's word. We all need to learn from brother Ezra that we need to build our lives on what first? God's word. And then secondly, what did he teach the people about? He taught them about prayer, how to pray, how to talk to God. So we need to build our lives talking to God. And then the third building block was to do what? Run from sin. Brother Ezra, when he found out about the sin of the people, remember, he dropped out on his knees and he started confessing the sins of the nation to God. And then he told them what they needed to do to get away from the sin in their lives, to separate them from themselves from their sin. Well, by the time we get to the man, brother Nehemiah, Artaxerxes is still ruling over the Persian empire. And over here is the nation of Israel. And it is still part of the Persian empire. Artaxerxes, the stepson of Queen Esther is still on the throne. And he has a new servant named Nehemiah. What is his servant's name? Nehemiah Nehemiah was a cupbearer before the king. So he would wait on the king and he would bring him on probably on a fancy platter. He would bring him, I don't know, I suppose his snacks and his drink and he would come in and he would bring it before the king. Well, apparently brother Nehemiah was normally a very happy, joyful man. And when he came in before the king, he would be happy and he would be joyful and he would serve the king. And from what we can tell in the Bible, the king liked Nehemiah very much, but One day, there were some men that had come from Judah. They had come from the city of Jerusalem, and they saw the condition of things back in Nehemiah's homeland. I forgot to tell you, Brother Nehemiah was a Jew. And Brother Nehemiah, when he heard these men had come back from Jerusalem, he wanted to hear from them. So he called them over to visit with them. And he said, what is it like in the homeland? What are things like in Jerusalem? They said, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. They said the people are in distress. They're in a lot of trouble. There's some bad stuff going on. And the people are in trouble. And they said the city has been, the walls of the city have been burned down. 
The gates, that is, were burned with fire because those parts were made out of wood. And the stone walls had been knocked down. So they said, there's no gates left. The walls are just piles of rubble. It's just big, a big, the city is a big pile of trash. Now the temple had been built. They were using the temple for worship, but the outsides of the city were terrible. And brother Nehemiah got so sad when he heard what had happened. The Bible said he began to weep. He began to cry when he heard what things were like in Jerusalem. But then it got worse. He didn't stop crying right away. He began to mourn. It was like when somebody dies and you find out maybe a relative has passed away and you start to cry and you're a little sad, but then you think about it more and more and more. And then you go to the funeral and you're really, really, really sad. Well, that's what happened to brother Nehemiah. The more he thought about it, the more he began to mourn. And so he quit eating. He began fasting and he began praying. He started talking to God about what had happened. And he told God, you told the prophets in old time, you told Moses that if our people disobeyed you, that you would send them into captivity and God, that's what you have done. And our people deserved it. But you said that if we turned back to you, you would let us go back home. And God, you have started this, but God, would you let me go home? He wanted so bad. God put something in his heart as he prayed. And brother Nehemiah tells us, I think it's in chapter two. He said, God had put in his heart to go back and build the walls of the city. Well, brother Nehemiah got really excited about this, but the problem is he doesn't know how he could get there. I mean, he's just a cupbearer. He's not a builder. He's just a cupbearer. His job is to be a waiter in front of the king. Well, he spent time praying and he spent time fasting and he's still mourning. But then it came time he was called in to serve before the king in Shushan, the palace. Once again, remember Shushan, the palace? That was the castle where who, what queen lived in that castle? Esther, Queen Esther had lived in that castle. Well, now her stepson is ruling and Artaxerxes, it's time for Nehemiah to go back into Artaxerxes. Well, he had a problem He was so sad, he couldn't even put on a fake smile. He gets in before Artaxerxes, and he's trying to look happy. He's trying to do his job, but Artaxerxes can tell something's wrong. And he said, Nehemiah, what's wrong? He said, you've never been this way before. You've always been happy. And today, I can tell that you have sorrow in your heart. Nehemiah was a little scared. If he tells the king what's wrong, it might make the king mad. So he does something we call, he sent up a flare prayer. Does anybody know what a flare prayer is? A prayer, a flare prayer is when you have to make a decision really fast about something. And so all of a sudden, real fast, you have to pray and you don't have very long. You just say, oh God, help me do this. And you ask God for help under your breath. Just real quiet, real fast. Well, We call it flare prayers, but it was brother Nehemiah that taught us how to do that because he's standing here in front of Artaxerxes and Artaxerxes says, tell me what's wrong. And he said that Nehemiah said that he just prayed real fast. He said a prayer to God, Lord, help me. And so he started telling the king about his homeland. He started explaining why his heart was so broken. Well, Artaxerxes is listening. And he said, so what do you want me to do about it? He said, I want you to let me go back to Jerusalem and build the walls. 
our dessert season, his wife are sitting there listening. And he said, I think it's a good idea, but how long will you be gone? And he starts asking him all these questions. How long will you be gone? And what are you going to do? And, and as Nehemiah is explaining to him, he said, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send you. He said, but I need something else. I need letters from you. Because as a Jew, he might get in trouble if he tries to go and start telling people, just show up and say, Artaxerxes told me to build the walls. Well, there's lots of bad guys there who are enemies to the Jewish people, and they're going to try to stop him. And the government officials may not let him get even down the road and through some of the checkpoints. And so he said, I need letters from you to each one of the governors so that they'll let me pass through their territories. So the king agreed. He gave him letters. He even gave him a letter to a man by the name of Asaph, not the Asaph the earlier in the Bible who was in charge of music in the temple, but this was a man named Asaph that worked for Artaxerxes and he was in charge of the forest. And Artaxerxes wrote him a letter and said, when Nehemiah asked for timbers, when he asked to cut down trees for my forest to build the gates for the city or to build his house, you let him have the timber. So Nehemiah goes back. He goes back with all these letters from King Artaxerxes. God had given him favor. Well, he went back the Southern route, just like brother Ezra had. It was the dangerous route. He didn't ask for it, but the King said, I'm sending you with some of my soldiers to be your guards and to be your helpers along the way. So they headed out for Jerusalem. Well, as he gets into the land and word begins to get out with the government officials that a man has come to help the Jews, a man by the name of what? Nehemiah. Well, there's these two bad guys found out about it. Their names were, I don't have a picture of them there, I guess. Their names were Sanballat and Tobiah. Can y'all say that? Sanballat and Tobiah. Well, Sanballat and Tobiah, they hated the Jews and they didn't want anybody to help them. And when they heard Nehemiah was coming, it made them mad. But brother Nehemiah comes in and he doesn't tell anybody at first what he's up to. He comes in and he camps outside of Jerusalem for three days. And I figure what he was doing was he was quietly inspecting during the daytime without anybody being able to see what he was looking for. What do you think he was looking for? What was he inspecting? What do you think? What was he trying to figure out? Yeah, what the walls needed. What, would, what supplies would he need? And then one night, oh, there's Sambal and Tobiah. I had them in the wrong place. Sambal and Tobiah, those are the bad guys, really bad guys. And the story, they get worse and worse. Nehemiah, after camping out three days, he decides one night he's going to get a few men to help him. And he goes out in secret. And the Bible says, Nehemiah recorded that he went in one of the gates riding. The only animal he took was the one he was riding on. I don't know if it was a donkey or a horse. That's a horse. So we'll call it a horse. And he goes in one gate. And then if you read there in Nehemiah chapter two, it says he went in one gate and then he went out another, and then he went in another gate and then he went out another, and he went in and tried to go in another gate, but the horse couldn't get through because it was such a pile of trash. And so then he tried another way. In fact, at one point it says he went up here and he checked out the city from up here. And then he came back in the valley gate and he went all around trying to figure out the best way to build the walls. 
And so he started devising a plan. And he secretly made a plan on how they could build the walls and get it done really fast. So once he had his plan made, he called for a meeting. And he began to tell the Jewish people, he said, I see the trouble you're in. I see the distress. It's a mess around here. He said, and the walls are torn down and the gates have all been burned. And he started telling them what God had put on his heart. God laid on my heart that I need to come here and we need to build the walls. He said, so this is the plan. He began to lay out the plan for them and explain to them exactly what they were going to do. And then he said, come and let us, what do you think the word? Build. Come and let us build. What's our theme? Time to build. Brother Nehemiah was saying, it is time to build. We're going to get busy right now. And so they began to Go and they began to pull back all the dirt that had covered up some of the rocks and the, the stones that had been in the wall and they start getting everything together and they start getting everything organized and they right away began to build the walls. Well, they split them up into different teams. Some of them would be carrying the burdens. They'd be going down the hill and they'd be picking up rocks and they would have to bring them up the hill and others would be up on the wall building. But the way they devised this plan was everybody would be divided into families. So there would be all these different family groups. And in certain sections of the wall, somebody would build this part. And then somebody would be responsible for building this area around the gate. And then somebody would be responsible for this part. And then somebody would be responsible for this part and 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 this part. And, this part. and there's a little red dot following me around. You'll see that. And they would be responsible all the way around. And the way they divided them up into groups is they said, we're going to divide you into families. There were all kinds of families involved. People who knew nothing about building. In fact, the Bible tells us about what I was able to find in chapter three of Nehemiah was 10 different groups of people that were specified. And there were more than that, but I don't know what those people did. Some of the people that were working were goldsmiths. That meant their job was to work with gold. They would melt gold down and they would make jewelry and stuff out of gold, or they would take gold and cover it over furniture. They worked with gold. Some people were apothecaries. Those were people who made perfumes and they would mix oils like for the temple and stuff. There were the people who were the Levites. They worked at the temple. There were the priests. They were the family that would make these sacrifices. The high priest was even there. He was the first person mentioned as being in charge of one section of the wall. And so one by one, all these different families would be there. In fact, the Bible tells us there was one family that it was a dad and his daughters. Those must've been some tough girls. That dad and his daughters built one section of the walls. And so they were all divided into these different groups of families. There were the Nethanims. Those were the servants who worked in the temple. There were gatekeepers. Those were people who would guard the gate. The gatekeepers were involved in building. The politicians even had to work. In fact, some of the politicians were given their families sections of the wall to build. Nobody was going to get out of this work except Nehemiah chapter three tells about this one family. They just never put their heart into it. They just didn't work hard. And guess what happened? They didn't get their section of the wall done, so somebody else had to do more. Somebody else had to step up and take their place. But everybody else, they got their sections, and they started working really hard. Well, 
There was one problem, though. Sanballat and Tobiah showed up. And Sanballat and Tobiah began making fun of the workers. They began to mock them. What are you going to do? You're going to get all this built in one day? And they started making fun of them and mocking them. And Nehemiah started praying. He started asking God to help them. He started asking God to strengthen them and not let them get distracted by Sanballat and Tobiah. But the Bible said that the people had a mind to work. They were determined to build and not let anything stop them. Sanballat and Tobiah, they began to mock the people in front of the Samarian army, Samaritan army, because they wanted to get the soldiers worked up. So the soldiers would want to attack the Jews. And they would say stuff like, they're building so that they can rebel against Artaxerxes. And then Tobiah spoke up and he said, y'all, this, this wall they're building is so wimpy that if a fox ran across it, it would fall down. <laughs> and they would all laugh. And then all the soldiers would think, this is no big deal. This is going to be easy. We'll just walk up there and, and we're going to knock their wall down. Well, while they're trying to get them stirred up and to get them mad, the people had a mind to work. They just worked even harder. In fact, the harder they worked, they, real, they, they did start getting nervous. And the people who were getting all the stuff and, the, and were camping right around the town, all around the city, they said there's so much rubble in some places that if our enemies come to invade, we won't see them or know they're invading until they're inside the wall. So they told Nehemiah, we got to do something. So Nehemiah devised a new plan. He said, we're going to set some of the men and Nehemiah's own servants. He put doing some of this and they would stand with spears and their job. As soon as the sun came up until the stars started shining at night, their job was to stand at certain places all around the city wall and just hold their spear and watch. They were watching for any enemy to come up against them. Well, then they armed others. And before long... They're armed with swords. And Nehemiah said that every one of them had a sword. In fact, he said many of these men, he said they had, even the ones that were carrying the big rocks up and down the mountain, he said they had a, uh, they had a tool in one hand and they had a sword in the other. And the men, when they were up there dealing with the rocks and getting them into place, they would take their sword and they'd have it right there in their belt. So it's ready. So as they're working, if all of a sudden they, somebody invaded, they'd pull their sword out. <laughs> okay, we'll keep building here. And they were ready. I mean, they were just like Robin Hood and his men. They were ready to fight the enemy if they invaded. But the problem was, Brother Nehemiah said, we're, not, we're all scattered all the way around the city. So he said, I've got a plan. He said, as we work and as we've got our swords and as we've got our spears and as we're all ready, he said, I'm going to have a man with a trumpet. And I've got one of these trumpets like brother Nehemiah had. This is from Israel. And this is Hebrew that says, blow the trumpet in Zion. The bag was made by Jewish women in Israel that believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And the ram's horn here is from Israel as well. So brother Nehemiah had a man who was a trumpeter. 
And his job was to just follow brother Nehemiah and stick with him. And if they saw an invasion over here, the trumpeter would run over here and he would blow his trumpet. And then everybody would come right there. And brother Nehemiah said, come if you hear the trumpet and watch God fight for us. But you be ready, you be ready and you be willing to fight for your brothers and for your wives and for your children and for your homes. We're going to work hard and we're going to be ready to fight. We're going to be ready to build and we're going to be ready to fight. Now, all of you need to get armed and we need to get a tool so you can build. So we've got our ladies over here that have trowels for you and swords. So they're going to pass these out and I need brother Nehemiah and we're going to get ready for a building project here. Oh, honey, you don't want me to blow this thing. Wow, I got sound out of it. That's very unusual. And after I do that, my lips always feel funny, but it has a very tiny mouthpiece on this one. Okay, who's got your sword? You ready to fight? Okay, who's got your trowel? You ready to, you ready to work? Okay, so now, Brother Nehemiah is going to have, give you all instructions on how you're supposed to divide up. How are they supposed to divide up? Brother Nehemiah, by family. So if you've got brothers and sisters up here, y'all just get in groups along the front here. Okay, everybody just get in groups of your family. Now, if you don't have a fan, if you don't have siblings, okay, Luke and Luke, why don't you join June and Creed? You'll be part of their family. Okay, we got bakers over here. We're going to pretend they're... Um, they can be Levites, okay? And then the three of y'all, y'all will be goldsmiths. That's your job, okay? And then y'all can be, oh, I forgot a minute, the merchantmen. They were, they were traders in goods. So they may trade gold for camels from Egypt or anyway, they were really good at making money, okay? So y'all are the money makers. And then y'all will be, oh, okay, all girls. Okay, so y'all are the family that worked with your dad and y'all build it. Well, y'all are the he women, okay? And then, okay, and then hornbuckles, y'all can come right over here. Y'all are gonna be nethanims. Those were servants of the temple. And y'all, let's see, who do we have left? Um, y'all can be um, apothecaries. So y'all's job, y'all make like essential oils. They work for young living. I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all mix the oils and y'all mix perfumes so y'all smell good all the time, right? And so, um, but I have a guess that the pretty part of the wall is going to be built by this family here. I figure the beautiful gate was built by the family with all the daughters. That's just my theory. And that's the, that's the gate Jesus went into and he'll come into again one day, I believe, is that gate. So, okay. So what we're going to happen now, while you have your sword in one hand and your trowel in the other, everybody needs to get a brick and then get back with your family. Okay. Everybody grab a brick, not candy, a brick. Okay. So everybody get a brick. And we're going to build a wall across the front of the church here. We've got to make all of these connect. Okay, now we have a few bricks left, so we can't have that. So we need like teenagers come up and help your siblings or even adults can come up and help your family. I think we could handle about eight more up here. 
Now, we're gonna make a long train across the front, okay? There can't be any gaps, because if there's gaps, the enemy can get up through those walls, okay? So we're gonna make it tall like this, okay? Y'all see that? We're gonna build them, and we gotta make them stick side by side. Side by side, okay? And we're gonna go across here, and don't let there be any gaps, okay? When Brother Nehemiah says go, y'all start building. Ready, Brother Nehemiah? Okay, let's start building. Y'all got to be ready to fight. If you hear the trumpet blow, you better go wherever the trumpet is. Keep building. I'm not the enemy. Attack somebody else. Y'all put a guard around me. Okay, okay, that was just a test run. Y'all can go back to building. That was just to see how prepared you were. Uh-oh, a fox just ran over those. Okay, is it all built up here together? Okay, it looks good. We have our wall. Give yourselves a hand, and then you can go back to your seats. <laughs> Well, they worked on the wall, and they worked hard. But Sanballat and Tobiah weren't very happy about it. And in the midst of all this, it wasn't bad enough that they had Sanballat and Tobiah. They had another problem start. Let's all get seated, guys. Space out. There we go. There we go. Well, they have another problem. All of a sudden... The wives showed up and they came into the city and they were mad. What were they? Mad. Have any of you ever seen your mama? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> when mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Well, a bunch of the mamas showed up and they were mad. They said, they just came. These men just came and took some of our daughters to be slaves. Brother Nehemiah said, what? And then they all got to talking and they all got to fussing and they all got to arguing. And Brother Nehemiah had to get out of them what on earth they were talking about. Well, he learned about some of the distress they were in. There had been a drought and some of the families didn't have enough money. The poor families didn't have enough money to buy food. And so they had gone and they had traded with some of the wealthy men they had mortgaged their properties to buy food. They had to, the, the wealthy men gave them food and added interest and said, if you can't pay it back, it's ours. Well, the poor people kept getting poorer and poorer. And now some of uh, the men are working on the walls and they're running out of food again. And now let's put our swords in our laps, guys. They're running out of food and some of the families, the wealthy men had sent their servants, their soldiers, to some of the homes to make the daughters their slaves. And they were about to start taking some of the builders' sons, making them slaves because they couldn't pay off their debts. And Nehemiah said, when I heard this, I got angry. God's word had told them not to do this to fellow Jews 
and they were doing it anyway. So he got them together and he chewed those men out and told them, you give those people their property back and you give them their vineyards back and you give them their flocks back and you give them their daughters back. God says to do this, do it now. And they said, yes, sir, we will obey. And gladly those men gave the people their stuff back and their kids back. And Nehemiah had avoided a major riot in the city. But then he got a letter from Sanballat and Tobiah. They had gotten together and devised a secret plan. They said, I don't know which one of them came up with the idea, but one of them said, hey, come here. I've got an idea. Why don't we have a meeting in the city of Ono? At, that was a bad town to choose. Okay, Ono. And they said, we're going to have a meeting in Ono. But what we'll do is we'll get brother Nehemiah there and we'll trap him and we'll get him. So they send brother brother Nehemiah, a letter. Would you please come down to, oh no, we need to have a meeting so we can get our problems sorted out. You know what brother Nehemiah said? He said, oh no, I'm not coming down there. He said, I am involved in too great a work. I will not go. So they sent him a second letter and then they sent him a third letter and then they sent him a fourth letter. And every time he said, I'm involved in too great a work, I will not go. Every time he said, oh no, he wasn't going. Well, then the fifth time, Sanballat decided I'm going to send my servant. Oh, well, here we go. Somewhere around here in the plain country is, oh no. Oh no, there goes that red thing again. Well, this time he had finished everything except for the gates. The gates hadn't been hung up yet. The walls were built. The gates hadn't been hung in their place yet. And Sanballat's servant showed up with the letter. And the letter once again said to come. But now Sanballat begins to make accusations. He said, we have heard how that in every village you have sent prophets that work for you. And they're preaching that there is a king arising in Jerusalem that Nehemiah was going to take over the country and lead a rebellion against Artaxerxes. And he said, you have made that up out of your own heart. You know, it's not true. Well, the next day, another man had an idea. One of the Jewish men told him, he said, listen, what you need to do is we need to go into the temple and we'll pray because during the night, these men are going to sneak in and they're going to kill you in your sleep. Do you think that scared Nehemiah? He said, why would a man like me go and hide in the temple? I will not go in. And then the Holy Spirit made him realize something. He realized that this man was working for Sanballat and Tobiah. They had paid this Jewish man to try to trap him into going in the temple and locking the door behind him so that everybody would get scared and stop finishing the gates. And then they would have a good story to go tell Artaxerxes on how Nehemiah was scared and he was disobeying and he wasn't finishing the walls and they could go tell Artaxerxes bad stuff. And Nehemiah said, I'm not going to fall for your tricks. Well, they kept building. And over the next weeks, they worked hard. 
In fact, Nehemiah says that it got so bad and they worked so hard and so fast. He said they started sleeping inside the city walls. And he said, none of us, not even me, ever took our clothes off to sleep or to change our clothes unless we took them off to wash them. So they went for a while in stinky, smelly clothes. Nehemiah, the governor included. And they worked together and they worked together and they built. And after 52 days, even though they had people trying to stop them, even though they had Jews who had become traitors to work for Sanballat and Tobiah, in 52 days, they had finished building the walls of the temple. Now, why could, or sorry, the, the walls of the city, why could they finish so fast? Number one, God was for them. Number two, they had a good leader. But number three, all the people worked together as a team. They worked together as a what? As a team. You know what? When you're at your house, you should be on a team. What team is that? Your, how did he divide everybody up to build? Families. You're on a team at home. And as a family, you work together to do things. You are a team. When we're at church, everybody at North Belt Baptist Church, we're supposed to be a team. And we work together. And they learned to work together. They were successful because they were team members. Now, all of you kids are team members. And at your house, who is the Nehemiah at your house? Who's, who's the boss? Who's in charge at your house? Your father. Your dad is the Nehemiah. So I want to do something for just a second. I need all the kids to take your hands and put them in your lap. I want to talk to your Nehemiahs for a minute, okay? I'm going to talk to your moms and your dads. And God gave me something before I even got to finish the kids' message part. God gave me something for the adults. So I'm going to talk to them for just a minute, okay? We get some lessons in leadership from the story of Nehemiah. And I'm only going to give six of them. But some important lessons that we get from all this. Number one, Nehemiah had a burden. Nehemiah put his heart into what he was doing. I want to challenge the parents that if God calls you to something, I mean, this is even true for dads for work, but especially for your families, for our church, dads, moms in leadership, as we are in leadership, we need to have a burden. We need to have a heart to put our heart into what God has called us to do. Dads, if you don't have a burden for discipling your kids, you need to ask God to give you a heart, to give you a burden, give you tears like he gave Nehemiah. Secondly, we learned that good Christian leadership develops a plan. He made a plan. How did he do it? He went out and he viewed the walls. What did the prophet say? Mine eye hath affected my heart. Go out, get a plan. Where is God leading your family? What is, he God, what is God calling your family to Lead your homes, dads. There have been some things lately that God has showed me in areas where I was not leading in my family. We need a vision where there is no vision. The people perish. Get a vision for your family, for where you're supposed to be going, the direction you're supposed to be headed, what you're supposed to be doing as dads, the disciples, disciple your families, develop a plan. Number three, he effectively communicated that plan. 
We need to be able, dads, to to communicate what God gives us to our wives, communicate what gives, God gives us to our kids. I mean, Nehemiah started by com- communicating with Artaxerxes, a wicked king, explaining to him exactly what God had put on his heart. So uh, a good leader has a burden, a heart. Number two, develops a plan. Number three, effectively communicates the plan. Number four, this goes with pastor's message this morning, is aware of enemies, He was aware of Samballot and Tobiah, and we didn't even talk about him, but Geshem the Arabian. Shemaiah, the man who tried to get him to go and hide inside the temple and not face the enemies. All of us in our homes and in our church have spiritual enemies. We need to be aware of them. What did Peter say? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he's out to destroy. We need to be aware of our enemies. Number five. A good leader endures hardships. For Nehemiah, this was being a little dirty. For Nehemiah, this was sleeping inside the city, camping out with everybody else. For Nehemiah, this was being involved and being dirty. He had real servant leadership. He didn't expect the people to do something he wasn't willing to do himself. He was leading by example. Good Christian leadership is going to be servant leadership. Doesn't assign jobs he's not willing to do. And number six... This might just be one of the most important ones in the whole story of Nehemiah. A good Christian leader avoids distractions. He refused to go to Ono. He said, I'm doing too great a work so that I cannot go down. So dads, moms, be aware of things that distract you from your priorities distract you from the important discipleship you need to be doing with your kids. We could go on and we could go deeper and maybe one day we will, but I think that's a powerful, powerful message from Nehemiah and how he led. So let's read these together. Number one, a good leader has a burden, a heart. Number two, develops a plan. Number three, effectively communicates the plan. Number four, is aware of enemies. Number five, endures hardships. Number six, avoids distractions. God has called us parents to be Nehemiahs. Kiddos, for today, God has called you to be the followers. You get to help build. So when it's Bible time at home, pull out your Bible and be ready to read and ready to study God's word. And when dad tries to teach you and mom tries to teach you, listen. When we're at church and pastors preaching, we listen in order to be members of the team. Why don't we pray? Let's all bow our heads. Close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the calling that you've given each one of us. Lord, I pray that you would bless us as church leaders to be able to be wise and effective leaders like Nehemiah. Pray that you'd bless us as parents to be wise, effective leaders like Nehemiah. Pray that you would bless all of us as members of your body, as members of your church and of this local body specifically. Lord, help us to be team members that are involved and that don't quit and that are ready to work and ready to fight and stand for your truth. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be aware of the distractions this week that are trying to block us and keep us from focusing on the important, the important things. 
And Lord, help us to just say like Nehemiah, I'm involved in too great a work. I cannot go down. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.